I'd like to read out of Psalm 119, verses 25 through 28 for my prepared message. Beginning with verse 25. My life is stuck in the dirt. Now make me live again according to your promise. I confessed my ways and you answered me. Now teach me your statutes. Help me understand what your precepts are about so I can contemplate your wondrous works. My spirit sags because of grief. Now raise me up according to your promise. I think there are two things we have a difficult time doing in our culture, and that is grieving and remembering. You know, when it comes to remembering, we all probably have our ways of reminding ourselves what we need to do and what needs to be done. In fact, there's a whole market out there that offers us calendars, sticky notes, computer and smartphone apps, ways for us to remember what needs to be done and what's next on our list. Now, this is simply a remembering of tasks and opportunities and schedules. It's not the kind of remembering that I'm really referencing. The kind of remembering I'm thinking about is that of looking back. And you know, maybe that's the rub. We are kind of an in-the-moment culture as well as a looking-forward kind of culture. We don't want to spend too much time in the past, well, because it's in the past. We want to be in the present, and we want to take those next steps, and we want to move forward with vision. And to be fair, I've probably used all those phrases on more than one occasion. But when we cease to remember, we cease to live connected to people and events that are part of our lives, part of our story, part of our history, and even the forming and shaping of our lives. I think this is the value of such days as Memorial Day or spending time in remembrance around 9-11. This is why we visit memorial sites and we spend time in reflection. Even if we don't have a direct connection with any one person, we do have a collective connection as a people and a country and a nation. We're all part of this human community, and we find ways to celebrate together as well as to grieve together. In part, we remember so we can honor those who have died and have lived sacrificially, but we also remember so we can keep from repeating the mistakes of the past. As one person put it, some grief is not meant to be resolved and set aside. Sometimes grief helps us hold what must be carried by a people so that they never have to endure such pain again. That's why we have memorials such as the Vietnam Memorial or the Holocaust Memorial or the 9-11 Memorial. But this is all hard work, and often it's the kind of hard work we want to avoid. Now, not only do we, always, or not, not, only do we not always remember, but we also don't grieve very well partly because we live in a culture that's often marked by positive platitudes and one can almost feel shamed if they often spend too much time grieving and too much time remembering. We just don't want people to go there. We're told that they're in a better place or we just need to move on with life because that, that's what they would want us to do. Now, both of those statements probably have some measure of truth in them, but they're not the kind of statements that are ultimately helpful. And they're not the kind of statements that invite healthy grief. Grief is hard work. The the word grief comes from the Latin word meaning gravis or heavy. And the psalmist in Psalm 119, 28 describes it well as I read, my spirit sags because of grief. That's what grief feels like, a sagging spirit 
a sagging soul, and our exhaustion comes from feeling as if we are carrying it around wherever we go. Now, we may set our grief down a bit just so we can get some basic things done like work and shopping and gardening and paying bills, but then we pick it right back up again and we feel the heaviness. Now, does this heaviness ever go away? Well, it does, but there's a part of that grief we will always carry with us, and that's okay because that's part of the remembering. And why would we want to move on in life and forget those we've loved or those we need to honor? We cherish those memories. And again, listen to the psalmist in Psalm 119.28. My spirit sags because of grief. That's the heavy part. But then the psalmist goes on. Now raise me up according to your promise. The psalmist reminds us that it is possible to live in that space between grief and promise. The psalmist puts their faith in the promises of God, the promise of new life the promise of wholeness and healing, the promise of hope, the promise that it will get better. But they do that in the context of naming their grief and naming what it does to their spirit. We don't have to make this an either or. It can't and it needs to be a both and. To both grieve and to hold on to the promise of God. To both memorialize by looking back so that we can look forward and know how to live. On this Memorial Sunday, or this Memorial Weekend, we gather to both grieve and remember. And this is a very courageous act, in my opinion, because it would be easy to move past this very quickly without feeling the weight of the moment. But allowing ourselves to feel the reverence and the weight of this moment honors, honors those we love and those who have passed. It honors their memory, as well as the lives we continue to live, because in the living of our lives, in a sense, we continue the stories of those that have passed, and we live or maybe live a different story because a new one needs to be written. In his book, The Wild Edge of Sorrow, author Francis Waller writes this, there is a direct relationship between mourning and memory. To counter the amnesia of our times, we must be willing to look into the face of loss and keep it nearby. In this way, we may be able to honor their losses and live our lives as carriers of their unfinished stories. This is an ancient thought, he writes. How we tend the dead is as important as how we tend the living. In our quick-to-forget future-oriented culture, it is easy to discard the ones who went on before in all of their shapes and ways of living. So in a culture which finds it so easy to discard things. Memorial Sundays and Memorial Weekends in general remind us that we should never discard lives or memories or their stories or their legacies. We need to cherish the ones we love and we need to cherish the memories and we need to cherish their legacies as well. You know, the last 18 months have been especially hard due to the pandemic. It feels as if so much has been discarded due to cancellations and the inability to have proper closure when it comes to memorial services. Some have had small gatherings. Some have had a gathering month after their loved one passed away. Some have had them held outside, and some have still yet to have a memorial that offers some type of closure. The pandemic itself has been approximately 18 months of what's called ambiguous loss. Ambiguous loss was a term coined in 2010 by a professor by the name of Pauline Boss. It describes a loss that remains unclear in the sense of 
maybe a family member suffering from Alzheimer's or a family member who is a deployed soldier or maybe a person feeling abandoned by others. During the pandemic, there were losses felt around cancellations of trips, graduations, weddings, and special gatherings. Even that sense of feeling as if we've lost about 18 months of our lives due to the pandemic. We can't say exactly what it is we might have lost, so it feels ambiguous. But it's a loss nonetheless. And ultimately, there's this lack of closure. And when there is this lack of closure, it's often harder to move on. And I think of that phrase that I've already mentioned from the psalmist, my spirit sags because of grief. And it feels like we've been sagging for the past year and a half. And yes, we're beginning to move toward reopening, renewal, rebirth. But it's been a tough journey, and in many ways, we all feel it in small and great ways. So today, this weekend, we move our losses and our grief from the category of ambiguous to the categories of plain and clear. We admit and affirm that life is often about loss, which involves the passing away of those we have loved and continue to love. We affirm that we may be experiencing losses in our life that have nothing to do with the passing of a loved one. Maybe the loss of a dream, loss of mobility, maybe the loss of our identity due to retirement, loss of time, loss of health, even loss of expectations. But these losses do not have to define us, but they can remind us of the people we loved and the way they lived so we can carry on their memory and their story and their legacy. These losses can remind us of how much of life is a gift. And it's easy to squander this gift called life when we spend too much time stuck on our losses. These losses remind us that time does march on. And one of the most important choices we can make is how we choose to steward the time that God has given us. And these losses remind us that life is fragile and it is a gift and relationships truly do matter. And how unfortunate it is when we spend our days nursing grudges rather than nurturing relationships. And these losses remind us that regardless of how much we try to act as if it doesn't bother us, ultimately we all soon discover that there are very tender places in our hearts of which we may have never discovered those tender places if we had not experienced loss. There's a beautiful poem titled, The Unbroken. And one of the stanzas reads this way. There is a hollow space too vast for words, through which we pass with each loss, out of whose darkness we are sanctified into being. Now some of you, maybe all of us, have passed through this hollow space, but through it we have been, as the poet writes, sanctified into being. In other words, we're no longer human doings, all wrapped up in our latest project or our achievement or a title or social media rant. Rather, we have been transformed into a human being. And in our own humanity, we begin to see and recognize the humanity in others and in life. Life is no longer a project to manage, but it becomes a journey to cherish. Life is no longer a contest to be won, but a journey to share life with others. Life is no longer always about what am I going to do, but instead we start asking that question, who do I want to become? This is what it means to be sanctified into being. And this is often what loss and brokenness and grief can offer us.
Let's revisit the psalmist one more time. My spirit sags because of grief. Now raise me up according to your promise. Yes, raise us up to a new awareness of who we can become. Raise us up to live our lives in a way that honors those we have lost. Raise us up to embrace what is important in life and to let go of what truly does not matter. Raise us up to deepen our trust and hope in you, O God, so that your presence sustains us daily. Raise us up to continue the story of those we have lost and to live that story and their story well. And raise us up so that our lives can enjoy the simple presence of your being, your being within our own being, and to know that what is most important is that we are loved and held by you through all the ups and downs of life, O God. From his book, again, The Wild Edge of Sorrow, Francis Weller offers these words. To honor our grief, or to grant it space and time in our frantic world, is to fulfill a covenant with the soul, to welcome all that is, thereby granting room for our most authentic life. We can recover a faith in grief that recognizes that grief is not here to take us hostage, but instead to reshape us in some fundamental way to help us become our mature selves, capable of living in this creative tension between grief and gratitude. And in so doing, our hearts are ripened and made available for the great work of loving our lives in this astonishing world. So friends, may we find the grace to live in that space between grief and gratitude. And may we learn to love our lives and this astonishing world. And may we give thanks for those who have gone on before us. Give thanks for their life, for their, their love, for their legacy, for their story. May we all live our lives well. And when our spirits sag from grief, may we know that we can simply pray and ask God to raise us up to raise us up to new life because God is with us and God's promises are always kept.